0: Welcome to the Pathways to Profitability podcast, personal tales of business success, where we hear local business owners' personal stories of their trials and tribulations that got them to where they are today. Here's your host, Cheryl Mucha, CEO of CFO Your Way. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for being here and tuning in to Pathways to Profitability podcast. Our guest today is Kirsten Toller. She's also a CPA like me. Her business is KMT Consulting. She's been in business for 25 years. Welcome, Kirsten. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much, Cheryl. I appreciate it. I like to just start with giving our audience a little bit about you and then we'll, we'll do a deeper dive. So just a little bit about you personally, your business. Okay,
1: Mom. So like you said, it's always funny when I hear I've been in, in business for 25 years. I've been a CPA for 25 years and my practice kind of started accidentally years ago, which is a funny story. But KMT Consulting is a tax advisory practice and we specialize in working with individuals and small business owners. We've been... Sort of navigating a culture of inclusivity and emotional intelligence by building relationships with our clients and sort of helping them navigate rather arduous task of doing tax work, which tends to freak people out a little bit. And we are located in South Jersey. My office is in Collingswood, New Jersey. We basically just provide tax services, compliance services to folks that are really looking for a more personalized touch for that particular lifetime.
0: I love the personalized touch and I love you said relationships, which we'll get into in a little bit, but let's start with your journey. So 25 years in business, kudos to you. What was the the turning point for you to leave your other your job, your W2 job to start the business?
1: It was not a street path by any shot. So the first time I ever did a tax return on my own um, was shortly after I was licensed as a CPA, which was literally 25 years ago. And I had been working in public right out of college like a lot of us do who are accounting majors. I started out at a big six firm. So I, I'm dating myself and went to work for a regional firm, loved the work. But at the time, call it generational, call it gender. In my mind, I was like, well, I'll get five years in in public and then I'll go work in corporate and I'll retire and that'll be my story. And right when I was making the transition from private or from public to corporate, found out I passed the exam. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I had one client that I'd had at the regional firm that I was at. And literally when I gave notice, I literally carried that paper file out of the office with me. And thought to myself, OK, you know, I'd, I'd like to continue to do this person's tax return. And so my husband, who was my fiance at the time, was in school for nursing. He has a bachelor's in nursing and he was working at a local hospital and he came home from work and he said, well, now that you have your license, can you do people's taxes? And I said, yep. And so five returns turned into 13 returns, turned into 30 returns. And so over the course of, of a number of years while I was in corporate, I worked for two years for a big insurance company. I worked for six years for a major telecommunications company. Actually, I was I started at Bell Atlantic at the end of 99. And in June of 2000, the merger happened with GTE and Verizon was formed. And so I was actually there at the genesis of that, which is pretty exciting. All through that that time period. And then I moved into corporate court into consulting and I worked for a consulting firm for nine years. And while I was doing consulting, I was continuing to have this little practice on the side, basically. And at the time, I did some light bookkeeping. Actually, I did a little bit of payroll at one point and realized very quickly that that is way beyond how involved I can with certain elements of the operations of a company. And then my consulting job moved to New York and living in South Jersey. That commute was not something I was looking to do. I had two young kids at that point. So I ended up thinking about taking my practice and making my full-time gig. And then I got an offer from the big six, now big four firm that I had originally started my career at where they were looking for tax folks. And starting out in big six, you do audit work. And that was just not my bag. Did not enjoy that at all. And so I thought, oh, now I can go back and it'll be tax. That'll be great. And 90% of my book was audit. So it was not a good fit. Oh. So then I had another opportunity to go out on my own and reconnected with someone I had worked with at the regional firm and I'd left to originally go into Perfect. This person was a partner at a firm, a slightly larger than regional firm. And ultimately, I ended up getting a job offer there, which I hadn't been seeking, but was very appreciative of. And the idea was to pass the partner at that firm. And so for the first time, I actually had to bring all of my clients that I cultivated with me because I was constantly in the market, particular a firm. So doing that was a huge leap of faith. But time, it felt like the right decision, and it was. But about two and a half years into my tenure, the firm was growing, and my grades were not really desirable anymore. And so in November of 2020, I had a parting of ways with my old firm. I negotiated my book, and they say third time's the charm. And so on the third decision that I made to branch out on my own, I successfully relaunched my it NAMC Consulting. And I have been in practice myself, for just over two years. So it's, it's been it's been a really great experience.
0: Yeah. Two years and pandemic, right? Really, really interesting how the universe
1: works sometimes. Right. You know, like here I am like navigating and, and 2020 was a horrible calendar oh, yeah. year for tax preparers. I mean, just awful. Right. You know, 2018s when all the tax laws changed. And so, you know, navigating 2019's tax season, trying to explain to the young staff, like, I promise you it'll get better. It'll get better. This is an anomaly. And then boom, pandemic. Nobody saw that coming. So of course, you know, now you're just like, well, I'm just eating my words. Like nobody's going to believe me at this point. (laughs) That's just not no permanent thing for us. But yeah, it was it was just a really I had some really good support at my old firm. I worked in our Philadelphia office and the managing partner of that office was just a really great like she really saw me. And she had said to me, you know, you you clearly have gift, right, for working with staff, bringing in business, working with your clients, just not sure that this is the place for you. Like, how do you feel? And she was right. You know, I, I felt it. You know, when you feel like you're pushing up against a weight that's just never moving and no matter what you do to try to go around it. You're just not making any traction. And so that was pretty much how I felt. So the move was really not stressful for me. I feel very fortunate that it wasn't stressful for me. I know there's a lot of folks that deal with making that decision and it's very scary for me, of course. I mean, there's an element of of the unknown that makes things unnerving and scary. Right.
0: And I think that's any entrepreneur's journey is the unknown. We're all taking this leap of faith. We know what we know. Right. We don't know what we don't know. And and I'm, right. in, I'm in business almost 11 years now in February, and there's still things that come up and like, wow, I never thought I would have to do that or deal with that or approach that. Yes. Yes. So, yes. you know, I guess it it's the constant learning thing and it's mm-hmm. what keeps us on our toes and and makes being an entrepreneur, the journey that it is,
1: and rewarding too. You know, there's Absolutely. a there's a, there's a very unique personality. I think a very unique spirit that is okay to kind of take this this leap of faith, right? right. You know, right. you have confidence in your skills. You have confidence more, I think. For me, I mean, as you well know, like there's a million tax preparers out there. H and R Block, you know, does advertising every year for the Super Bowl. So you know, we're all kind of trying to figure out, you know, how to stand out in a sea of familiar service offerings, right? So right. How, how, do, how are we different? What makes us different? And when you finally learn that and you can embrace that and feel good about it, and then you start to find people that also are looking for that, clients that are looking for that, colleagues that want to work with you because you have a little bit of a different approach. It's just a really special thing. And I feel very fortunate that I had the opportunity to really embrace that and, and cultivate it. And I have a great team that works with me. One woman has worked with me for at least 12 years, you know, while I was doing everything kind of, you know, on the side. And then I have, you know, we, we've we grown our team exponentially this year, which has been amazing. Jokingly, I so. Last year, my first full year of of, of solo operation, I called it my year of grace because I figured I I keep giving myself grace because like you said, there's stuff that you know, but you don't know what you don't know. And so you're kind of feeling your way through. Having worked in the industry for so long, there was plenty that I knew. Right. But as you're the person in charge of everything and making those decisions yeah it takes on a whole different vibe this year I called it my year of discovery because I realized that certain efficiencies needed to be built in and we couldn't operate the same way we were operating before because we had just grown and so I was able to bring in a virtual assistant I have someone who handles administrative stuff now she's actually a client she's been my client for over 15 years And she started a virtual assistant business within the last two years. And so, of course, I have a front row seat to what's going on in her life, right? Right. So I see this 1099 come through and I'm like, hey, Carrie, (laughs) the front row seat, right? And then there were, you know, some other folks that that I had wanted to kind of bring in that one woman I've known forever, her oldest and my oldest, have grown up together and gone to school together. And she got her master's in accounting during the pandemic. So I mean, talk about fortitude, right?
0: Right. Taking opportunity and and
1: forward with it. Yeah. And so she wants to sit for the CPA exam. And I said, well, you have enough work experience, you know, based on licensure requirement, but it looks that much better if you work with a CPA. We, right we nudged, nudged. so here i am so she was like i definitely would like to do that so she's on board now and it's funny how things i feel like history like like you kind of cycle through and 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 sit in different positions but similar positions so the consulting firm that i worked for the business model was very much hiring experienced people in their in their field and then you were able to kind of go out to clients and hit the ground running i actually connected with someone at a consulting firm with the intent simply to market network you know, kind of see how we might be able to help each other. And as I'm talking to this person, I'm like, wait a minute, I need you. And so now I actually have one of their consultants working with me and she is now my complex preparer. And what's amazing is it's like, oh my gosh, that was me. And now I'm on the other side of the table. So it's, it's just, it's just been a really interesting and great year. And so I'm excited about next
0: year. Yeah, And how everything kind of folds together. Yes.
1: Yeah. And, you, and you kind of have to just let it, you know, you yeah. kind of have to say, OK, but, here's what I can control. Here's what I can't control. Let me sort of see where where things fall. And they tend to yeah. they tend to, to connect just like right. said. the
0: good, the bad and the ugly. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So I want to rewind a little bit and talk about culture. I know, or I'm guessing a big part of your culture is those relationships, not only with your clients, but with the team that you're building. So talk to me a little bit about those distinguishing factors that make you stand out in the marketplace. Because like you said, it's saturated with tactical powers. What makes KMT stand out? I have
1: a client who years ago, said to me, every time we have a meeting, I just feel so much better after we talk. Have heard from clients over the years that that similar message, right? You know, I I always feel better when we talk. You really explain things to me so that I can understand them. You don't make me feel dumb for asking questions. (laughs) Right. And there was just something so interesting about hearing that because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, who would ever make you feel dumb for asking this question? You know, why would you feel dumb for asking that question? And it occurred to me that perhaps just the, the way that I engage with people makes what I do that much more important because there's definitely a stereotype of accountants out there. Right. And, you know, most of the accountants are sitting at a desk, with the, you know, green lamp and the pocket protector and the 10 key and nobody breathes and everybody looks miserable and is sweaty. Right. And I love accounting. I love doing tax work. So I am a nerd at heart, but I think my personality is very much that I like to engage with people. Right. It's,
0: it's that human to human interaction. We're all people walking this earth. I say this all the time. And yes, we just need support we need someone to answer those questions simple or hard questions i mean i live by the motto there's no such thing as a stupid question because if you have the question there's a reason you have the question correct um and to take the time to respond and educate it's so important and so lacking out there in the marketplace
1: Yes, it is. and And that emotional intelligence quotient was something that I learned to really embrace at the last firm that I was at. So because I was tasked, you know, with the idea of becoming a partner, I needed to build a book of business. If I had a small one that I brought with me, but to really, you know, in my opinion, show my worth, I needed to really build a book. And I was in a market where there were plenty of people that were with this firm that had been in this market in public accounting for at least as long as I'd been practicing. And so they had the relationships. They had all of these historical relationships. And so I had to really be creative and thinking about, OK, well, how, how do I build my own relationships? How do I meet people that nobody's met before? Right. And in connecting with certain folks, I realized, hey, wait a minute. I'm not a networker that's going to go to an event, hand out my business card and leave. I've tried to do that. And I always ended up leaving an event like that, feeling like I needed a silkwood shower. Like, I'll date myself saying that, like, just like the hot, steaming hot water with the wire brush. Like, I'm just like, right. it's so gross right now. Right. And the more that I embraced the organic idea of building relationships with people that I wanted to do so business gorgeous. with, yep. it was effortless. And so then flashback I was like wait a minute maybe this is what my clients were talking about maybe right. this is just who I am and the fact that I do this type of work makes me different and people who want to be part of that type of relationship will find me and I've been really fortunate that that that's the way I mean there are, there are some clients you find over the years maybe people that you have been working with that seem to want that relationship and then as you're working with them they they clearly didn't They clearly wanted someone to either tell them what to do, or they wanted someone to blame if things went wrong, or they wanted something more or less than you bring. And so you're kind of learning how to navigate. How do I interact with these folks? How much, how much am I in their face about being proactive about things? And how much do I back off? And that's the constant learning element for me because... You know, again, like you're, you're figuring out who fits and who doesn't fit. And it's OK that I'm not everybody's cup of tea because right. the people that I can service who appreciate and like our culture. Right. And they're, they're there for life. So it's wonderful. I mean, we're incredibly thorough. We're very personalized when we interact with our clients. We just try to give everyone the unique attention that they need to the degree that we can assist from a tax perspective. Right.
0: And back to you said, and they're there for life and they're telling their friends and colleagues and anyone else they meet about you. And that just that just speeds the organic growth. It's just a really special thing. And so I've I've
1: really learned to embrace that. I mean, I was I was a weirdo in my industry for the longest time because there weren't a lot of people that truly had this different soft skill right and so trying to kind of fit into oh well this is this is how you network you know oh well if you're going to interact with your clients like this you know if you're going to spend this much time you need to bill them for that and i'm not saying that the time that i spend with clients doesn't have a monetary value of course it does been a cpa for 25 years right but At the same time, for me, it wasn't about, oh, I just talked to that client for 10 minutes. Let me make sure that I put that in my timesheet. Because then you begin to, in my opinion, you begin to sort of exude this like different feeling about the relationship. And so trying to find that balance of I'm running a business, but at the same time, what is this business? You know, how am I trying to run this business?
0: I always felt like if it was a bill, like a billable thing, a billable event, you turn clients off to reaching out and asking those questions or or contacting you. And then they're making decisions kind of in a tunnel mm-hmm. without the professional advice that they need, that they, they, they engaged with you initially because they knew they needed it. That's right. So it, it's So It's counterproductive to what the relationship needs to be. That's right. That's right. Yeah. A lot
1: of times one of the things that that we do with clients, if I work with a business owner and we work throughout the year, so I have different fee models. Right. And so if I have the opportunity to work with a client throughout the year, one of the things that we tell them is, listen, when when you're engaged with us and you're paying for our time, right, recognize that I've already built into this entire financial relationship, something called on call. So if you have a question for me, and you you need like 10, 15 minutes of my time, 20 minutes of my time, text me, call me, email me. I'm not charging you for that. Right. Because I, I don't want you to feel like, you know, lawyers get a bad rap because right. every ten what? minutes they're billing you. Right. And so I have clients that will literally say, I'll tell them, you know, I think this this sounds like a legal thing. I think you might want to talk to your attorney about it. And they'll say, oh, they're going to charge me right. the minute they pick up the phone. And, and that's a shame for the attorneys because then they get that bad rap and they may very well want that relationship and they don't want clients to feel that way. We're about to cross that bridge, right? Well, and we almost have to, to your point, go out of our way to let clients know, hey, listen, we're not going to do that to you. Like we're here to answer questions. Right. Don't take advantage of me, but we're right, here exactly. to answer questions. See what yeah. you're so comfortable.
0: Be more like a doctor on call. Know that you're going to get the best that I can give you. And you don't have to worry about receiving a bill for that. That's right. That's right. It just builds the relationship. Oh, more. yeah.
1: And, and at the end of the day, we want to be a trusted advisor.
0: Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, that's how we operate, too. It's we're, we're open book. Like you have a question, email, text, Zoom, whatever we need to do just to give you peace of mind and, you know, get you through whatever the situation is.
1: Yeah. No, nope. that's that's really pretty much what I think makes us stand out. It's that we have this sort of organic, relaxed way of communicating right. with clients and the clients that appreciate that, they'll stick around. And the clients right. that are looking for something else and thought that's what they wanted, well, they'll find somebody else. But right. at the end of the day, we're finding that more and more people appreciate the way that we communicate. Right. with them. I, I've heard so much really recently, actually, that people have accountants that don't respond to them. They don't answer yeah.
0: their emails. They don't call them back. And I'm hey, like, I get those calls all the time. People are asking me to do their taxes. I'm like, no, that's not me. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It, it, and that blows my mind. And, and I oh, wow. wonder if
1: generationally there's like a changing of the guard right so that sort of old school i'll call a boomer mentality right that worked great for decades now the people that we're working with a lot of the clients that i work with are like gen x millennial business owners Mm -hmm. you don't want their dad or mom telling them you know oh well this is how you're supposed to do it and i'll see you in in nine months right so For me, it's it it feels almost like there's a there's an organic shift that's happening because the people that are now providing the services like you and I, right, we are of the next generation, right? And so we're bringing that, you know, all of our experiences and all that makes the generation that we grew up in Mm -hmm. what it is. And a lot of that was built on, you know, friends and relationships and learning about the world by experiencing it and going out and, you know, not just doing because someone says, but well, let me see
0: how I feel about it. Right. Understanding and yeah, having an opinion in our own way. Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so we're more, I think we're more
1: appreciative of other people's opinions and oh. hearing what our clients need. And and we're not afraid to ask that question. Right. Like, so what are you looking for? What do you need? Like, yeah.
0: And then it's the relationship. It's building that relationship. Yep. That's what it comes down to. Human to human. That's right. Well, so we could talk. There's like so many nuggets there. I would love. To. I know. I know. We'll have to schedule continue. another one to be like a to be continued. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here and sharing with our audience. I really appreciate it.
1: No, thank you so much, Cheryl. I appreciate it too.
0: And to our audience, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. And check out the website, PathwaysToProfitability.com to see all of our other episodes. Have a great day. Be well. That's it for today's episode of Pathways to Profitability. Remember to ask yourself, where can I pay my success forward today?